You're listening to the Four Frequency Sake Network. For Frequency Sake is brought to you by Durham Remodeling, serving the Quad City area's remodeling and repair needs since 1973. Clint's Draft House, grab a bite and a pint on 7th Street, Moline. Low Pies, New York style pizza served by the Slice or Pie, Davenport. Lifted Energy, energy drinks, coffee, donuts, and more. Hashtag get lifted. Atomic Sports Cards and Collectibles, Sports Cards and Memorabilia. Vintage clothing, hats, pennants, and more. Yard Barbers, providing the Quad City area with all their yard care needs. Go yard with Yard Barbers. A Cut Above, offering quality custom woodwork designed specifically around our customers. Welcome back. Hello to another episode of the Card Subject to Change podcast, episode number 98. We'll get to episode 98 here in a second, but we want to welcome along my tag team partner on the podcast, on the podcasting network, of course, the Card Subject to Change uh, podcast, uh, part of the For Frequency Sake network. And I'm joined here by my tag team partner, the Wizard CZ. Wiz, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. And yes, if you're watching live, I did wear the uh, the t-shirt of the concert that I'm going to today card subject to change <laughs> I'm that oh, big that of a guy. nerd you're that so guy I'm that guy <laughs> that's okay oh, that's okay if you're we a nerd are... nerddom is welcome here this is the place for nerddom um and we welcome any and all nerds to the nerddom that is the card subject to change podcast I'm getting pretty excited for our guest tonight He's one of our favorites, and without him, we wouldn't be almost to episode 100. This is his third time, third time, third time on the show. We are glad to have back the feline phenom, the one, the only, JT Energy. JT, I'd ask, how's it going? But the weather outside's been really crappy out here for the Midwest, so <laughs> I hope, how are you doing? Uh, surviving. Uh, yes. as, as a lot of us are um, yes being very strategic and smart what you can and can't get away with when uh iowa winter comes in like uh i don't know like a bat out of hell and kind oh. of slaps you in the face every year when you think you're ready for it and then it says mm, maybe not and it sure reared its ugly head this week didn't it <laughs> yeah i uh i don't know the last time that we got some snow like this it's been a while so i had to put some work in with the shoveling and even when you shovel sometimes it's just not enough because you wake up the next day and lo and behold there's more awesome so you get to do it all over again it's it's there and it's going to be there for quite some time as we're not going to be in the 30s for well over a week so if nice. snow's your thing hey i'm happy for you but i've yeah. seen enough of it these past few days i know yeah. it's january i know it's winter 
I know we're in the Midwest, Illinois and Iowa, but I've seen enough snow this past week to to say I'm done with it. And I've shoveled yeah. enough too. <laughs> I, I have a feeling if I was a, a betting man going into a very special event this upcoming weekend, uh, someone by the name of Dion Roosman might have the winter on his side. You're that's absolutely correct. <laughs> You're absolutely well correct. Said. We'll get to that weekend up there. We'll get to that event coming up this weekend here in a little bit. But uh, first things first, let's uh, kick the shoes off, have a little convo here. A lot has changed since the last time you've been on the show. I believe you weren't a married man quite yet uh, the last time you were on the show. Um, talk about how that's changed your life a little bit since the last time you're on the show. Now you're now you're happily a happily married man. I am. Yes, absolutely. Uh, was the last time I was on the show? Was that when we were talking superstars? Yes. yes. Okay. So it, it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was right life. before you guys, it was right before you guys were getting oh, married. You were, you okay, were right okay. at the, yeah. right up on the, on, on, on the doorstep of it. Yeah. So my life has, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say like drastically changed, uh, because we were together for quite a long time before our marriage, but uh, the events that we went through uh, when it came to the actual day and the reception, um, I'm not one to just throw it all out in everybody's faces all at once. I have slowly trickled out every little ounce of this wedding extravaganza that I can. I'm hoping that by the time the anniversary comes around, I'm finally getting through the last of my pictures of sharing them online because I just... I like to relive it piece by piece, little by little, uh, just like I do with a lot of things in my life. I like to revisit them regularly to keep the memories fresh. So it's nice to uh, have this change in my life, have this stability, have this extra kind of guiding light that has come into my life. And when it came to everything that came about, and maybe some of the characteristics or changes that has come in the form of JT energy. I would say the way I refocused myself coming into the last part of 2023 and now into 2024, the way I look at my wife and my cats and my professional wrestling career, I think that has shaped how I became the feline phenom that people see now when they come to pro wrestling events. It's another uh, layer in what has become the weird and wild styles of JT energy, the unsolved mystery, the ever evolving character that I am. You know, I, I love that you're talking about that. Last time we had you on the show, I know we talked in detail about how much of, Travis is in JT energy and vice versa. Uh, so that brings me to a good point or that you, you make that point, you know, it seems like that you're just ever evolving with your own life as well as JT energy. Um, talk about, talk about the feline phenom. What, uh, obviously a strong love for your cats. Uh, talk about how that evolved, how you evolved from the unsolved, mystery into the feline phenom so when when i came when scw pro anniversary uh rolled around this past year and i was i was put into a triple threat match which i went into with all the gusto in the world i said i'm a fighting champion bring on all the challengers anything can happen i'm ready for it i'm, I'm gonna prove myself i'm gonna prove myself against two of the best and unfortunately that night uh, I got hit and I got knocked out of the ring 
and then Dustin Mosley, the devil dog, pin Joesa, one, two, three. And I was I was just stuck right there at ringside, my chin down, my head on the mat. Tag team photography, Clint got a couple photos of me just looking as defeated as I possibly could because the boyhood dream ended and it did not end the it did not end in the way that was like honorable because if I got beat flat out one, two, three, that's fine. I understand we had a better man that day, but I unfortunately I didn't even get to be a part of losing my championship at that time. And that really kind of rubbed me wrong. It really did. I got my rematch in Iowa City at one of our Hawkamania events. And that was the first night that I truly started to embrace the change. Um, instead of coming out with what I had normally been wearing, which is like some gold underneath with my normal uh, kind of butcher singlet top, I found myself all over bodysuit and a thing that has happened with my character for a very long time is from the moment i started and i was the filth you can't wash off to the six star booty um a lot of what my character was was my not my body of work but my actual body itself um which i was kind of portraying to the world quite often to make sure that that was the type of character but with what I wanted to portray going forward, I wanted to essentially try to take that away. I did not want what I looked like um, physically to make the fans judge me in any way, shape, or form. I wanted to have every ounce of myself pretty much as covered as I could to let people know that this was a new version. It was someone who was being more covered, who was trying to split that personal and professional balance by completely coming out and giving you something different. And when I thought to myself, I also got very heavily into uh, listening to tarot cards and their readings at that time. And if you follow my Instagram every single day, I post my tarot card because I'm constantly unlocking the mystery of who and what I am. And those kind of give me some guidelines and some judgment and help me think or rethink things that I'm currently working on or working through. And when I came to, if I need to bring out this vicious side of JT energy again, I needed to find a different source of where I was going to pull from. And one of the things that I'm always fascinated by is kind of that Egyptian persian lore of the worship of cats and what cats meant so long ago and personally i've been a cat guy for a very very long time so the fact that i have a household that has three cats is no problem to me i love it i love cats i love their mannerisms how they go around i could be a dog person i just don't think i have time for a dog and if you don't have time for that dog that's very disrespectful as a pet owner Whereas cats are pretty self-sufficient, just like myself. So you've seen a lot of symbolism through what I'm drawing. My almost inner power from at this point is my cats. It is my household. It is my wife. It is my home. That is where when you see JT Energy, the feline phenom come out and you see this complete transformation of who I am and what I'm presenting, it's a different man behind those eyes. 
at that point because it's all about making sure that I get the recognition and I get the wins and I stand for what is the feline phenom and what my 2024 and beyond is going to be. This new transformation, we talk, we're talking with JT Energy here on the Card Subject to Change podcast. This transformation from the unsolved mystery to the feline phenom for us wrestling fans is has been an interesting undertaking, but of course it also means new merchandise. So can you talk about this new t-shirt design that you have and how your three cats are figured into it? And of course, first thing you see is, is the all seeing eye. Um, Absolutely. The all seeing cat eyes. Talk about your new, your new t-shirt you have here for a little bit as uh, being part of uh, the feline phenom. Yeah. So when my, when I started to have my vision of what I wanted to transform the unsolved mystery into, I teamed up with the guy who's uh, made my last two designs. He's, uh, I think his name is at Broken Optics on Instagram, Twitter, all the fun stuff. It, I kind of explained it to him on what I needed to do moving forward. And when I, I wanted to kind of embrace that the way that I think that cats use their vision because cats are cats are wild man um they can be nothing and then they can be everything within a heartbeat and that all-seeing eye that third eye that you see the feline phenom have that is my focal point that is the thing that sets me apart that lets me see things from a different way that a lot of my opponents probably aren't even thinking of or don't have the maturity in their professional wrestling career to even think about. Um, so when I wanted to bring this design together, um, a lot of it, I, I kind of ran across. If you, if you see the <laughs> design itself, if you, if you were to flip that triangle upside down and you went the other way with it, it's almost like, uh, the deathly hollow symbol in Harry Potter, whereas that wand would fall through the middle and then you would have your triangle. And I ran across that and I kind of sent that to him and I said, there's some representation here between the way that I feel about magic and tarot and my cards and my cats. And let me see what you can do and pull this together. And this is kind of the first thing that we came up with. And I have a couple more designs that I'm going to be trickling out probably here over the next couple of months leading up to SCW Pro Epic to let everybody fully get um, the transformation that is going to become the feline phenom. What was your first reaction when you seen this design? Like when you have a vision and then see it put forth and then come back to you like this, what was your first reaction when you seen the new design for the shirt? I mean, it, it, it looks awesome. I, I'm always like blown away, um, that you can just find people that are creatively, outstandingly amazing online and you can just pay him money and say hey i have a vision can you please help me create it and he is great to work with um, whether you've seen uh, some of the stuff that he's done for me or jared thumb he's worked with brody king dan Housen, all kinds of people he just does some real wild very cool out the outside the outside the box yeah outside the box kind of stuff and that's the thing that's really fun uh, whenever I come to any designer is that when I give them my designs, the the comments I usually get back are like, 
that's different. I don't think I've ever done that. And that's what I want. I want to push an artist in a different direction that they've maybe, maybe never seen or done. Um, because then I know that they're growing at the same time as well as I am, because I'm going to put forth what they're going to put their name on. So uh, outstanding work. Very excited about this. I'm very excited to put more stuff out. But that's the problem. When you get these new things, you always want to get them out as fast as possible to everyone. And it's it's hard for me to keep these layers under wraps so that way I can let them trickle out little by little. Of course, this T-shirt is available at ProWrestlingTees.com. I'm assuming, I don't want to speak for you here, JT Energy, but it will be available this coming weekend at the SCW Pro Wrestling event as well at your merch table, correct? Yes. So the little thing that I did there, just to spice it up for any fans that like uh, to uh, get all the merch that they can, the design that you saw there on Pro Wrestling Tees, where it has the, um, the y'all seeing eye essentially on the front and my name across the back, the design that you can pick up that I will have physically in person, which I don't have often. I'm not much of a have t-shirts in hand type of person based on how much you have to spend to get in return. I did decide, let's get some new t-shirts out there. The design that I'm going to have is slightly different. It does have that big logo, but it has my name also on the front right above the logo. So the t-shirt that you got in Pro Wrestling Tees is different than the one you can get in person. And you can't get the one that will be available at SCW Pro anywhere besides hitting up my DMs and I ship them to you or you see me in person. And I did not order a lot, so it is limited quantities. If you're a JT Energy fan and want that limited quantity shirt, make sure you hit up his merch table this Saturday at SCW Pro Prestige Rumble. And all things are circling back now to the Prestige Rumble. You talk about how the boyhood dream was lost at anniversary. You lost your title that you so eloquently defended, I believe, 17 title defenses before losing the belt in the triple threat. You lose the belt as not even being a part of the fall. Joe Ace had taken the fall due to the devil dog. But here you are. You're in prime position. You are now the number one contender for the belt that was once yours. And you're staring down the devil dog, Dustin Mosley, the guy who collectively took it from you by not taking it from you, per se. And he's been the champ ever since. Talk about what this match means to you, uh, not only as, as JT Energy, but also as the developing feline phenom. I mean, this is like the stars are aligning for you. Uh, if you will. So the first person that got to experience what and how the feline phenom was slowly but surely coming out of me was Dustin Mosley. When he gave me my rematch in Iowa City, he defeated me one, two, three. And that night when I when I wrestled him, the fans, they were not the tactics and the way that I went about laying a beating on him, the fans did not appreciate. They did not like what I brought to the table that night. And after the match, I took a nasty jackhammer. He pinned me one, two, three. He did stick out his hand. He said, hell of a job. And he wanted to help me up. He wanted to show his respect so quickly after being such a piece of trash to me for so long. And I thought to myself, I go, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not going to get that championship back by shaking hands, being best friends with the champion. No, I slapped him right in his stupid face. I slid out of the ring and I let him know my intentions from that point forward. 
me and me and the devil dog, we are one and one because I beat him at Epic last year. And then he beat me at Hawkamania right after anniversary. And so here in our rubber match, match number three, will JT Energy walk out as a two-time SCW Pro Champion? Or will Dustin Mosley finally dig this thorn out of his side? I don't think he is going to get what he wants based on what I think I have in store uh, for Dustin Mosley, for the Devil Dog, for what I've seen him accomplish and so quickly uh, to slide right into the place that I held so it's such a high standard. I can remember at prestige last year, opening the show and that moment that no matter what the devil dog does, I'm not here to toot my own horn, but Dustin Mosley, whatever you do, you are not going to ever get the type of reaction that I did the night that I won that championship. The last event ever at the Walcott Coliseum. Yes, it was start, starting the show over capacity, breaking fire code, beating Connor Braxton with what was once his colleagues, Rip Studwell and James Thomas by his side and opening up that show. By the end of that night, I saw someone that solidified himself and said, I am now a main event contender. And that was the devil dog, Dustin Mosley. And he wasn't ready at Epic. He lost to me right in the middle of the ring. I used my head games to get into his head, but here we are again. Except this time, my waist is feeling extra light and his looks extra heavy. And I'm about to turn that on his head. Absolutely. And, you know, I got to put a comparison out here, at least from my point of view, your rivalry with the devil dog uh, kind of feels very Rock Austin-like, you know, because they had such a close heated rivalry. I think I think the two of you have had such a such animosity back and forth and such good matches. I can I feel confident making that comparison. I don't know if you feel if you feel that's justified or not, but uh, that's well, that's my personal thought. Sure, I've ha I've had a pretty storied career here at SCW, and when it comes to my career at SCW, I also hold that to a pretty high standard um, with what I do out there in the ring because I don't want to go out there and just have matches. I want to go out there and make people feel things and see things and experience things that they haven't seen, felt in years or if ever. Um, and if Dustin Mosley, the devil dog, if he's around here long enough and he turns into my everlasting dance partner, because for a couple of years there, after I uh, got out of my tag team role, it was me and the front man, Jossie. We were just married to each other for years and years. And uh, the devil dog, he could, he could be that next rivalry where throughout 2024, maybe he continues to show up in my career or I continue to show up in his or after all of this, maybe we just go splits and we have our own things that we have to move on to. But I've accomplished everything. I've been the tag team champion multiple times holding, I think, the record for most title reigns, if not tied for the tag team division, an impressive, outstanding QC Cup run that went through the pandemic. Uh, probably one of the longest, if not the longest run ever QC Cup champion two time. If I'm not mistaken, I would champion as well. 
and an SCW Pro Champion. And whether it's, you know, this one or the next one or whatever it is, I'm, it is always 100% my goal that from this point forward, anything that I'm doing is the icing on the cake for me solidifying my Hall of Fame career in SCW Pro. So we are we are talking with JT Energy. You're listening and watching the Card Subject Change podcast. We're powered by Lopez Pizza, built by Durham Remodeling. Uh, JT, you mentioned something that I want to touch on here a little bit. On a two part question. First of all, you you're talking about making an experience for the fans. So my first question in this, guys, is what do you say to the jackass that drives out to Waterloo when you're starting your feline phenom gimmick and is jingling? He's saying, look at the shiny. I'm not saying who that was. I'm not naming any names, but what do you say to that jackass? Uh, so that's, that's the funnest part of walking into professional wrestling, because when any performer decides that they are not going to be just regular old Steve off the street, who's here to punch guys in the face and I'm going to be the champion. And that's who I am as a pro wrestler. That guy, you just look at and you go, that's a guy and he thinks he's tough. But if someone walks in the room and they're wearing a cat mask and they're spraying themselves with water and they're just overly creepy wearing things that you'd never seen, it makes you question things that you've never questioned. And when it comes to those questions that you want to start answering in your mind, you're going to start with the low hanging fruit. You're going to go to what you see and you're going to go, well, I think that's a cat and I'm going to do cat things with that guy. Cause I don't like him or, and I don't like cats. And <laughs> so whether it's jingling keys or people saying, Oh, someone get a laser pointer out or whatever it might be. I get it. I understand that I it's it's the epitome of the pro wrestling fan um, seeing thing in, in what's in front of them and just going, hey, I see that I'm going to talk about that. And that's usually what you get, what you see. Um, it's one of those things where if you don't know whether you should cheer or boo and you got to yell at people, yell at what you see. At least you're making a fan friendly experience because if you're having fun or whoever is having fun, the people around you are probably having fun too, whether you're pissing someone off or whether you're making someone smile. So I encourage people to be as wild and outlandish as possible because when that kid three rows back yells something at me and I just stop and I lean over the top rope and I lock eyes with him. And then I look at his parents and then back to him. That's what I need to make sure that they notice. And that way they got, they go home that night and go, that guy was staring right at you. That's what I want them to remember. So elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, what does it mean to you when a fan comes up and says, Hey, you really made my night because of insert reason here, because you had the match of the night, because I love what you are presenting to the world. What does that mean to you when someone talks to you about how much you mean to them uh, after the show. Well, if I'm ever lucky enough to get those comments, I hope that I see them at the next show. I hope that maybe not the absolute next one, because I don't know people's schedules, but what we're constantly doing is that, like I've said many times before, we are a choice 
And those people have to make that choice over and over again to continue to support SCW Pro, any of the local independent promotions. And if someone has a good time, man, I'd love to come back to a good time because if I don't have a good time or I have a bad time, then the next time I have to make that choice, it's not as easy. It's really not because now I have this weird thing that's like, eh, like we got oversaturated with Marvel movies for so long that when a new one comes out, you're like, whatever, man, I've seen right. it. What, what are they going to do? And when you come out to local independent professional wrestling, hopefully those people have only been to WWE shows. And when they come out, they're like, well, this is different. Who are these guys? What's their stories? What's your character like? And when they have a good time, then at the end of that show, maybe they want to come back again. They want to see who's Cornboy going to face. Who's JT Energy going to face? Where's that guy? I saw this guy last time. And so when people come up and they have those interactions with me or I have those interactions with them, I know that I did my job. And I know that those people are happy that they came out that night. And you can relate it to most different things that you go out to. But professional wrestling is special. If you went to a baseball game and that foul ball comes through and you catch the foul ball, it is an experience that you'll remember forever because you have a thing. You have a piece that you took home from that event that you've waited so long to go to. If you go to a WWE event and Cody Rhodes walks by and he slaps your hand or you're the little kid that gets the weight belt, holy cow, your life has been changed. But at SCW Pro events, when I walk out and I have my mister spraying on me and I look over and there's some little kid with a thumbs down yelling boo at me, then I am going to take three extra seconds, get real close to them, not say a word, and then keep walking. So that way they go, what just happened? I think he's going to get me. It's all about con uh, connectivity. I mean, I think that's why I'm, I love independent wrestling events. And I think people of all ages love them. It's you have that opportunity to connect. And it's not just with you, JT. It's with wrestlers before you. It's with wrestlers after you. You have that opportunity. It's right there in front of you. Um, and I think the wrestlers are looking for engagement. It, it makes their job more enjoyable. It makes their job um i would say easier if people are engaging with them and giving them fodder to give something back to the fans that's why i i just love the the connectivity of an independent show and being able to to be a part of that that's that's what i love about it you know absolutely it's like going to a concert that yeah. band that band wants you to cheer and they want you to know the words they want to stop and hold the microphone out and you sing it for them. They want that back and forth connection. That is what pro wrestling is. We are that type of entertainment that wants to make sure that when we walk out, we don't want you to sit on your hands. And if you are sitting on your hands, we're doing something wrong. We're not putting on the type of show that we promised. <laughs> One question I have for you um, before we head to break here on the card subject change podcast powered by low Pies pizza built by Durham remodeling. How much has your mindset changed before you were the hunted and now you're the hunter with this number one contendership going back for your title, essentially your title. You were the first one to wear that title, that brand new SCW title. Um, how has your mindset changed? What is it like this time around being the hunter? Um, it's, it's fun, right? I have, <laughs> I, uh, I have, uh, we have a, we have a fun little, whether we know it or not, we have a fun little cat and dog dynamic 
going on. And I think the I think I think the devil dog's bark is a lot louder than his uh, or a lot more vicious than his bite. So when it comes down to all this, I love the idea of the chase um, because it's fun, right? There's a lot of things in life that you can chase. And when you get to the mountaintop, it's cool. You got it. But then whether you know it or not, you have to almost trick yourself into not being complacent. You have to somehow put in the same amount of effort when you're not chasing anymore. And when that got taken away from me, that fire got kind of relit um, because I've chased it all. And lucky for me, I've won it all too. Um, and this next opportunity to just, it's not even winning the championship this time because that that's great. I know what that feels like. This time, it's so much more about the moment that I beat Dustin Mosley and then I hold the championship and I hold it right in front of his face and I I show him what I took away from him. I show him what he has talked about so much and held so highly. This time, it's just about seeing if I can break the devil dog, seeing if I can have one little tear come out of his face so that way when I lock him in the breath taker and he sits there and he has to stare at those SCW pro fans. Does he tap? Will he tap? Will he show everyone that he's human and he's beatable? Uh, Cause I don't want to beat him with a scissors kick like I did last time. I want to lock him in the breath taker and I want to make him tap. I want to make him give up and show all the SCW pro fans. He's nothing but a bunch of bark. Powerful um, words. All this talk of cat and dogs, I wish I wish SCW Prestige Rumble was named SCW Prestige Rumble Cat versus Dog, like the old in your houses each had names. Uh, because <laughs> this is this is the ultimate cat versus dog matchup. If yeah. any way you want to look yeah. at it, it is cat versus dog, man. A lot of people they they keep saying or keep yelling at me that I'm a cat. I'm not a cat, I'm a phenom. I'm a phenom with feline personality traits and that's the scary part because when i explain that to people they don't know how to take that and that's perfect because i don't want you to know what's going on inside my brain because it's a real scary place most of the time and that's why when i come out and i become the feline phenom if i act different to you uh during that fan experience it's because i am in a different mindset i'm not travis i'm a completely different person and I got to reel myself in sometimes because I let it get the most of me. Oh boy. Well, we are, <clears throat> we are here on card subject to change. Once again, talking with JT energy, the feline phenom. He is a grand slam champion for SCW and JT, you gave us some homework that we're going to talk about, but before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, once again, we are Card Subject to Change, powered by Lopez Pizza, built by Durham Remodeling. And we're going to talk some HLA right after uh, right after we uh, pay some dues to our sponsors here, okay? I want you to reference HLA like the king. <laughs> Send us to break because we're coming it's back HLA! with HLA. <laughs> it's HLA! It's HLA, JR! <laughs> we'll be right back <laughs> for frequency sake has you covered on all things sports from the squared circle to the hardwood and the gridiron to the speedway we've got something for everyone 
Walk down the aisle with the boys from Cards Subject to Change every Sunday as they take a deep dive into everything pro wrestling. Need your gambling fix? We've got you there. Enter Pit Row with Rod Villagomez and Fast Money as we win the checkered flag with NASCAR, Xfinity, and truck race winners and props. Football more your style? Explore the waters of NFL DFS with DFS Deep Dive with Brian Craighead and Jordan Kernan each week. More into the science portion of the game? We've got a double dose of action there. The Professor John Bush and Dennis Michelson take you into their science lab and dissect your week in the data lab. Want an analytical take? Nick Gurl and the team at Gridiron AI come to you each week with The Lab. Need to know who to start last minute? The network's flagship show, for fantasy's sake, is here in a pinch. The fellows come to you live every football Sunday from 10 to 11.30 Central with the week's best DFS, gambling, and lineup advice. And wrap up your Sundays with Joe Winkle and Nick Brinks as they come to you live with educated ignorance looking at all the day's action. Can't get enough of Joe? He comes to you three times a week. Not enough football on Sunday? Not a problem. Kick your feet up at lunch on Monday and slip on into the football lounge with Mark and Dan while they look at the week that was in news, notes, and more. For frequency's sake, you know what we mean. Durham Remodeling has been serving the Quad Cities area since 1973. With over 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 for all of your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715. My name's Ryan Allison. I've spent over a decade immersed in the art of tattooing. Sharply honing my skills has materialized into a diverse and prestigious body of work. Each tattoo reflects my relentless pursuit of excellence and every client I work with is a living embodiment of that unwavering commitment. I will gladly and wholeheartedly embrace your distinct vision. Are you looking for the largest slice in the Quad Cities? The right spot is Lopez Pizza. It's better than a hot dog in a handshake. They have two great locations, Uptown on Brady for your delivery and catering needs, and Downtown at 429 East 3rd Street in Davenport for the full experience. Lopez is family-owned and family-friendly. Into wrestling like us, you can catch shows every day and twice on Sunday at their downtown location. Who knows, you may run into a local wrestler or a local podcaster or two while you're there. Stop by each month for a different featured slice by various artists. Lopez Pizza a proud sponsor of the Card Subject to Change podcast on the For Frequency's Sake podcast network. Hey, this is Buff Bagwell, and you're watching the Card Subject to Change podcast. Check it out. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Card Subject to Change podcast, the podcast by the fan for the fan. I'm your host, Never Wrong Nick Bull, joined, as always, by my tag team partner, the Wizard CZ. Our guest this week is JT Energy, and I'd be remiss if we didn't mentioned the slam and slice of the month down at low pies pizza and it is uh part of uh scw this month as it is a piece of pizza and it has chicken bacon spinach and a peach how would you describe it cz a peach peach barbecue drizzle peach barbecue drizzle and it is amazing i uh, was able to try it last sunday 
Would have went down there this Sunday and had another piece, but the weather kept me indoors. Take my word for it. You definitely want to try the Slam and Slice of the month down at Lopez Pizza. Of course, um, it benefits the Ark of the Quad Cities, which is a great a great source uh, for it to benefit this month. So if you get a chance, you're at Lopez, try the SCW Slam and Slice of the month. Chicken, bacon, a peach barbecue drizzle, spinach. Trust me, it is oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know yeah, how to segue you... from a piece of pizza, <laughs> pumping a piece of pizza to this. But when, when well, we... ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the lesbians. <laughs> it's time for the lesbian <laughs> part of the show. <laughs> We're going to be lesbians, Nick. Oh. <laughs> I love I, lesbian uh... puppies. <laughs> so I want to preface going into what we're about to talk about. If you're watching this in 2024, this is getting canceled. There is no way that this is live ev- on television in 2024, but it's on, it's on Peacock. You can go back and revisit 2020, 2002 was a way different time. Uh, <laughs> this, is a, and, this is a premium live event nowadays. Yes. <laughs> yes, <it is>. yes. <laughs> you would not see this on, on a Monday night raw in today's day and age. Oh man. Uh, first thing coming into the show that I, that I love, you know, you got the little open and there's just a flash of Eric Bischoff's face at the open of the show. Love that. And you, you see that and you just know this is going to be, this is going to be a hell of a ride. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, um, I, I took, I know you did. But I, I took some extensive, nice little notes as I watched this. Yep, absolutely. So we can kind of walk through this as we go. And if anybody wants to, um, September 9th, 2002, yep. from Ames, Iowa, uh, we had some Hilton Magic that night at Hilton Coliseum. And honestly, since that, since this event, I am almost positive there has never been any WWE event there ever since, which is heartbreaking because Hilton is awesome. I thought it was so cool that in a college town, I mean, what better place to get a raucous crowd? But that was also a very late 90s, early 2000s thing. WCW and WWF were really cashing in on these young kids like wrestling. Let's go to the young kids. Um, because during this time, it's a whole different show. Um, they were capitalizing on what was making money, um, and lots of different things were making money, but I love anytime I go back and watch old nostalgic pro wrestling. I love my opens. I love that we got the Eric Bischoff flash. I do love this open of raw. It's another, um, before we get to the well-known like rock star bands having the raw theme song, we get one of these traditional ones with just all the different flashes of who's going to be a part of the show and those iconic moments and things of that nature. So I really, that instantly kicks the nostalgia in. And if you don't have the nostalgia for that in 20 years, you will have that same type of nostalgia for what you see now in some way, shape or form. It's what we're lucky enough to talk about uh because i get to revisit this from this event that i was in person at uh during this time period and let's see in 2002 um what september i'm probably like 16 17 at this time so i'm i'm prime age to be excited about hla um so (laughs) and wrestling 
and pro wrestling yes i was very excited to see my favorite which would be jeff hardy uh which got to be here in the main event tonight but uh during that time period some of the stuff was just icing on the cake so with with uh moving past our intro we do get jared thumb takeover since well of course here we go here we here go, we, go. <laughs> All right. we got jared thumb takeover here and hot lesbian action i so. can't wait let's see <laughs> let's get jared canceled tonight let's see what he said <laughs> <laughs> jt before we uh before yeah, we really okay. roll into the show i have to ask what does your wife feel about us reviewing hla tonight uh i it said nothing about it when i watched okay. it i watched it by myself on my phone while i was on my break at work i i know my battles to pick and what ones to talk about and what ones not to um and I'm I, man, I'm I'm man. the pro wrestling uh hla was a pro wrestling segment and that's yep. all it was guys so yeah uh, the, that's, you talk about why, it's a wonder why Ames doesn't get another show. The crowd was hot. That's the first thing you notice. It goes right from the show open into Kane's music. There's signage everywhere. The crowd is hot. The first thing I wrote down. It's a literal hot start, guys. Well, a literal hot start, <laughs> yeah. right? Is there anyone more underrated than Kane? This is my favorite version of Kane. This is the best Kane. I don't care what it's anybody crushing. says. That's the first note I took after, you know, Ames Raw 9-9 of 2002, hot lesbian action. I go, Kane, is there anyone more underrated than Kane? Look at the years that he wrestled, the matches that he put out there, the storylines that he was a part of. Um, most notably, I think of right off the top of my head, him and Daniel Bryan, the whole yes, no, all that. I mean, <laughs> here he is in a kick-ass tag team opener. <laughs> It's Kane and JBL taking on the Un-Americans, the tag team champions of Christian. Hold on. Bradshaw, not sorry. JBL. Sorry. This is Bradshaw. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what I meant. You know <laughs> Bradshaw with the bull rope and taking on the Un-Americans, the tag champs of Christian. Here's Christian, the mm -hmm. heat seeker that he is, still getting heat in AEW today. Hell yeah. Getting heat. 20 some years ago and Lance Storm. What a match to kick off this show. Four guys that can go, four guys I enjoy watching in the ring and they give us a great tag team match to start the show. Dude, such a simple story that we start the show with. We have yeah. Kane, Kane come out, people are so excited, you get to feel the fire of the pyro and if you've ever seen Kane in person, it's hot anytime it that pyro goes off. It is. And then, and then you get Bradshaw comes out, he hops on the mic and says, "We're Americans." The Un-Americans are the tag team champions. We're going to beat their ass right here in the heart of America. And everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. And that's Don't how we bring it on. And um, we're just past. Um, we they talked about it. I'm going to get into this a little bit. We talked uh, they talked about it a little bit on Sunday Night Heat that was also filmed for this. But this is one year after the 9-11 uh, attacks which were september 2001 so but what better way to just kind of re be right around that time and then start the show with here we go let's hoot and holler america still but then you get the just worse the un-americans the upside down flag what better way to just piss off everyone be like oh are you kidding me and such a stupid simple thing to go back and forth with but and they put it on t-shirts they put them on t-shirts and sold them 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I don't, I didn't do any eBay searches, but I'm sure un-American shirts are probably, probably go for a decent amount. Anything from this time period, t-shirt wise, that's vintage now, baby. So, yep. oh yeah. And as I watched the show, I also did a little thing to ask myself, um, who are the people on this show that are actively still a part of professional wrestling? And from this opening match, the only people that are still giving a decent amount of time and effort to it are Christian and JR on commentary. Those are my right two on. active people from this show that right away are still active. Yep. Also, and, you, know, you, you I, talked I, about okay. a lot of signs, but Bradshaw, I love that he calls them jackass bastards. <laughs> I had a note about that. And I was like, Jesus, right away. Like, that's pretty rough, but um, it's, it's all right. Also, I love the tag titles design. I think these are my favorite tag titles. My favorites. Uh, my the favorite. style that they're talking about. My favorites. And I also <laughs> saw that this is during the era that Raw is on TNN. It is not on USA right now. Yes. So that was another little thing I picked up on. So one thing that I have noted going on during this match that I love, we're talking, you talk about JR still being active. JR and King are my all-time favorite commentary team. 100%. percent. Uh, but their King is already fired up for this big announcement that Eric Bischoff has. He says, this may be the biggest night in the history of Raw. And all because of what Eric Bischoff hasn't even announced yet, because we're starting off with this match. But what a great... So it shows... It shows the production and like the way that they thought during this time period, right? You tune into Monday Night Raw, you're stoked. Here comes a big, awesome tag team title match. Of course, I'm not flipping the channel right now. And then all of a sudden, they subliminally tell you, hey, we're about to have the biggest announcement in Raw history. And you go, oh, what's going on? What What do you mean? I better hop on MSN Messenger and ask my friend if he's, at, if he's on <laughs> Monday Night Raw right now. He's got to be watching this. Right. Um, but they're... As I watched the show, you could see where they were leading into the commercial breaks, how they were trying to continually hook you to keep you around for the show. And these are the things um, that I watch now when I go back and watch this version of pro wrestling, because I want to know, like, what were they doing? Why were they so successful? How were they telling the story throughout the show? And it is whether you know it or not from the start of the show, they're subliminally telling you something big's coming. You have to do it. And King's excited overly excited and he won't tell you what it is but he's like i heard the rumors i heard the rumors jr oh my god you don't know you don't know and he's like that little kid that knows what's going on and won't tell you anybody he's teasing you he's right. teasing you with that little information he, he, did you hear you want to know yeah it's so apropos that it's hot lesbian action and that it's king teasing it i mean you've got this hormonal uh well past his middle-aged man who's all about puppies he's got the diva search t-shirt on um, yeah, yeah. and he is just for lack of better terms horned up and ready for some hla and he can't wait to tell jr about it i love i honestly love the dynamic of oh, the former so the former pro wrestler who hits this era of his life which now he's just obsessed with anything and women yes he can't get enough like he is living he is essentially a teenage boy on commentary 
And then you have the straight lace guy who just wants to talk about pro wrestling. And throughout a lot of these Monday Night Raw episodes, I loved when JR would start to just lose his mind and yell <laughs> at King because that got me laughing so hard because I'm like, he has to do this every week. And he probably actually gets really mad at him. and He won't shut up about this stupid stuff like JR when he gets going and his blood is boiling. He is on another level, and I love it. Um, I have here, uh, I did love the tag match. If This is a great tag match. Uh, almost all the matches on this show are fast. They are hard-hitting action. Yeah. The yep. first match, not a single hold in sight. It is go, 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 go. And the powerbomb that Bradshaw hits was a huge near fall. The crowd came unglued. It was real good. Um, and at the very end of this match, when you think, here we go, rah, 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 test comes out, you get all three of them and it backfires, but then Regal slides in and hits the brass knucks. Oh, what no, a great no, way no. to pull it out from under us. Point of order. I did not see any brass knuckles. That was William Regal's power of the punch that knocked him out. <laughs> If you okay, all right. You've been you've been drinking the Kool-Aid, I see. So yeah, I love I love at this point the Regal, the, the the way Regal lurches around. He's very he's Regal very measured in his movements. I love Regal. He's, he's very quirky he's and so he's got different. a t-shirt tucked into his trunks. And mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Absolutely. I love that we start the show, we get the big heel faction on Americans, and then Regal interferes, and you think that their numbers are growing, but storytelling wise, guess guess who's in action later tonight? Testing William Regal in a tag team match, just absolutely amazing to me that you would do something like that and it sets up a match later. That is storytelling, and I when this stuff happens, I'm like, thank you. This is so straightforward. I love it because it makes so, sense. It makes sense. Holy yeah. cow! Don't the audience can follow a story that's right in front of them that you don't have to explain. Easy peasy. I freaking love it. I love it. Um, who let's see here. Oh, the ref must have what did the ref get hit with? He took a I have here hell of a ref bump. Did he take a drop kick or something? Did he get a did he take a clothesline from did he take a clothesline from Bradshaw? I don't know. The ref must have taken something big that I... The ref I was knocked out, that. and then Christian yeah. had to wake him up to get the three count. Yeah. yeah. But that was my last note, is that I thought everything was awesome. I, the opening match was fast. Like I said, very fast-paced. Gave you everything you wanted. Everything was working hard, it's from the ref to the wrestlers. So the crowd was hot, and everybody's having a good time. Everybody's Absolutely. having a good time. You, I mean, King and JR are having a good time. Yeah, throw out throw out the HLA King or JR's having a great time calling this match. <laughs> yes, King, King is so. bubbling <laughs> over with his big announcement and this match. So a, a yeah. fun opener. Um, this is how Raw should start out, right into the action. Um, you got Kane coming down the aisle. You got a nice tag match to start the night to set the tone for the night. And what happens at the end of this match? You also get a match announced for later on in the night that's connected to this match so yeah simple storytelling that we yep. can all follow along 
I love the idea of going to a pro wrestling event. The first thing that happens is a pro wrestler's music hits that I like, so I can start screaming, hooting, hollering, and yelling. Oh. You have a hell of an opening match. You come back from your first commercial break, and now you get people talking in the ring. Let me come down through that segment, then go ahead and bring me back up with another match. But the second promo, um, when you're in pro wrestling school, everybody will tell you, a promo is a match and a match is a promo. They both do the same thing if you deliver them the correct way. So they had a hell of an opening match. And then when we come back from commercial break, we get a hell of a promo from Eric Bischoff. <laughs> oh, God love Eric Bischoff. You are correct. Um, I also thought it was great that this episode happened to be one week after we had the introduction of the new world heavyweight championship that was just given to triple H the week before. I love that it falls right after that. Yes. And that was given to him by Ric Flair, if I'm not mistaken, correct on the raw before. Yes, I believe so. Cause I Rick did not Flair, go back and watch the raw before Rick, Rick, Rick Flair in the back looks like he is in some way, shape or form, some type of like, I don't think he's like, the GM or anything, because I think Bischoff were still in charge because he's feuding with Stephanie over on SmackDown. And that's essentially why we're getting this whole segment segment in the first place. Because this Friday on SmackDown, we're getting the commitment ceremony of Billy and Chuck, which yep. was getting tons of news all across the US, like Bischoff talks about. It's and that's just his way of saying, if you haven't heard this, if you haven't heard that, like this is they're just playing back and forth in each other's hands like this is why you should watch smackdown this is why you should watch raw should we sing the billy and chuck theme song real quick oh, no. <laughs> one two three you oh, look so, so good to me good to me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but oh. yes, I, it was. This is this shows you how wild of a time it was in pro wrestling because the world was like, "Are we about to have a gay marriage on TV between two professional wrestlers, men?" What? And of course, <laughs> that gets the world talking. So, how do we counteract that? Well, let's go ahead and get two women to come to the ring tonight on Monday Night Raw and present HLA. Jared, don't give me any ideas with the theme song stuff, okay? <laughs> not not just women, JT. <laughs> Lesbians. Yes, correct. Lesbians. And I love that I love that he says uh <laughs> he says HLA and he says HLA again. And I'm you can almost hear it. Like maybe like a little bit of the crowd is like, maybe it means that. And then when he spells it out for them, everybody being where I am in life now, I love this because the crowd like explodes, right? They're like, oh my God, lesbians. <laughs> and I, I, I can't imagine being like a parent or a husband or a boyfriend in that crowd being like, what? Oh no, I'm about to get into a fight. This is not good. Like I just saw it from a totally different angle because that could have gone so bad for so many people. Like, Oh, lesbians, and then your wife just turns to you and stares at you. Like, are you are you happy about that? Are you? <laughs> I bet you burn. We're going to the bathroom during that one. 
the this, HLA so HLA gets a huge reaction. Of, this version of Bischoff is my favorite. The general manager Bischoff. I thought he was really good in this role. Um, him coming out and doing the reveal for HLA is prime Bischoff. How he laid out the groundwork. How SmackDown was just you know the commence or the the ceremony between Chuck and Billy was just was just for attention because <laughs> this publicity was, because this, it was a publicity stunt because this wasn't and he's out there laying the groundwork for why HLA is is better and why it's you know why it's happening yeah. here. I love this. I love Bischoff in this role. So when they get when Bischoff gets done and he exits the ring and they cut to King and Jr. Jr. or King is losing his mind. Uh, <laughs> he, he just absolutely. Just my, sh shaking like a little kid. And he my is, exact he, note says the king is having a stroke. Yeah, absolutely. He, <laughs> he's having a stroke. And he's talking about this and that and women and all this stuff. And then JR starts talking about wrestling. And King just like looks at him like, did you hear him? He said, Hall has me in action. And I have a note here. <laughs> they say something about, I don't know. There's a reference about lesbians. And King says, He's not interested in fat lesbians like Rosie O'Donnell. And when he said that, I was like, I just threw my hands in my face like, oh, my God, King, you did not say that. But of course, at this time period, gosh, all bets were JR, off. JR acknowledged, I know a lesbian on TV, oh, Rosie O'Donnell. Right. And then King goes, we're not talking about fat lesbians. And I'm like, oh, oh, my God. Of course, of course. <laughs> the world, the world was very cruel in 2002. I, Thank I've God social media was not around then. I've got a quote written down, and it's so, it's maybe not the funniest quote, but I had the subtitles up. Sure. When the when the when the show was going on, and Jr. just simply says to King, King, are you going to need a cold compress? <laughs> The way he delivered it. <laughs> this is it, this is prime King and Jr. Guys, I it's love it. Awesome. You have oh, the you have me. the guy because JR. he could have used the cold compress. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> he he is just. I love it every time they cut to King in his stupidest. I do. Uh, I feel bad for all the matches after this because it's a different version of King and it's a oh, lot. God. It's oh, a lot. Oh no, it is. It's JR sitting trying King. to focus. Yeah. <laughs> but, JR is just like, let's yeah. talk about the match. There's some great action going on in the ring. Lesbians, lesbians, lesbians. 100%. That's what it is. Uh, all <laughs> up until that point. Uh, we do cut to Jericho being interviewed by Terry here in the back, yep. uh, doing his best Carlito impression during this while he spits Apple all over her. I And I and, didn't. And into her shirt. Oh, my God. I, oh. I I understand they were trying to be funny, but that was like, to me, that was a very, like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I don't see a whole lot of purpose to this. I get it. But at the same time, to me, the segment didn't necessarily do a whole lot. It's Jericho being who Jericho is talking about the main event, but a still active Jericho. Yes. This is my next note. Jericho and Christian and Jr. are now my active list. Yep. Um, what do we got here? Triple H 
we cut to Triple H, who's being interviewed by the coach here. That's good. Yep. Uh, also, Triple H must have been busted open last week. He's got a yeah, fresh cut on his forehead. Yes. No Band-Aid there. I yep. thought that was pretty wild. Um, and we find out that Triple H is going to be going one-on-one with little Spike Dudley. Uh, but Bubba comes, Bubba Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley comes in, bows up to Triple H at this time. And then we get, I love that they go, tonight Bubba says, I'm going to go one-on-one with Steven Richards. And says that like Triple H is lucky that it's not me, it's Spike. And then what? do we do to set up this match steven richards attacks him right there in the back triple h goes oh yeah great job and then we cut to the match where steven richards makes his entrance what's bubba do attacks him during the entrance runs to the ring and says let's go let's fight and i thought what amazing storytelling guys and it's simple i have Oh it's my simple, God. Right? So simple, but it made so much sense. Oh, let's show the guy getting attacked in the back. Well, I didn't like that. So I'm going to attack you and now let's yes. fight. Yes. Awesome. Easy I, stuff. We're not, splitting, we're not splitting the atom here. We're not no. splitting the atom here. It, it's no. simple matchmaking backstage stuff. Make it all correlate and work. Mm-hmm. Make it, yep. make it. So when you say why, you can answer it right away, right? You don't have to have an, a, a, a huge explanation. It's really simple here, and this is simple storytelling, and they're knocking it out of the park here. HLA yeah. excluded. Take the HLA away from it. They're knocking it out of the park with matchmaking and yeah. telling the story. I love it. JT, can I throw your own quote at you here? Yes, what do you uh, got? I went back and listened to our second episode with you, okay. and we were talking about superstars at that point. Yep. You said... They're telling me a story like I'm a sixth grader. That is what needs to happen. Tell a story like I'm a sixth grader so that I can follow it easily. Maybe not your exact words. I'm paraphrasing, but. uh... That's all it takes because your audience, like it's, it's dumb of you to think I'm going to work at a higher level for people to think, because if you think you might not get it. And if you don't get it, you might miss it. But if I just dial it back, and I give you this simple, straightforward of you did this to me, so I'm going to do this to you, and then we're going to fight, and whoever wins, now we're ahead on the roster. Wow, that's pro wrestling. Thank you for pointing that stuff out, and it never gets old to me, and I love it when I see it in pro wrestling nowadays because it makes sense, and stuff that makes sense is just, it's a throwback to everything that I've watched throughout my life, proven to the point here. Um and I love that we get a Monday Night Raw match. We've got Steven Richards. Also, as this Monday Night Raw goes on, very ECW guys heavy. Uh, yes. Between between Monday Night Raw and the Sunday Night Heat I watched, lots of guys that came over from ECW are featured on this. So I like that during this time period that they were getting some action as well. Um, because Steven Richards, after right to censor, he didn't get a whole lot of hardly anything um but here he gets a awesome really good back and forth competitive match with bubba ray dudley uh yeah. i thought i got it was a lot more action than i thought i was going to get out of it but i was very um very surprised uh i felt bad for him when he got hung upside down in the tree of woe in the corner and bubba just slapped him real hard across the chest three times made me think like mason beck level slaps it was <laughs> his his chest was purple as the match went on it was nasty 
Um, Can we give a shout out to Mason Beck and Steven Richards and the uh, Big Fitness Podcast? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, Big absolutely. Fitness Show. Um, <laughs> I like that the the competitiveness of the match was it kind of threw me off but it was fun for what it was to see a nice good competitive match with steven richards and i love that the ending was very different we got the big huge power bomb off the top rope or off the second rope but still gigantic power bomb for the win so we've got a brass knuckle dq finish to kind of pop the show and get people like, Oh, that wasn't so great. But then the next match you get a huge power bomb off the top rope for an awesome finish. Um, well, of course, if you made it through sixth grade, it's in there. <laughs> Heather, I think so. And there's nothing wrong with that because a little wrestling for a lot of the people is a release. And, uh, sometimes you don't want to think when you're watching something. And if you can, pick up things as a sixth grader at our age it's kind of nice sometimes where you don't have to think ever the dots connect themselves so yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. not it, yeah absolutely you want, you want your mind to do the work without you having to yes. stop and go yes 100 why are they fighting again yeah you can't you know, at the end of monday night raw you can't always hit rewind and watch the whole show again you can't treat it like a christopher nolan movie it's got to be just straightforward so that way it's like Okay, I can digest all that, and I can't wait for Friday. Let's watch SmackDown. Um, I do have a note here that says King absolutely cannot shut up about, <laughs> these, about these lesbians at this point. While we have a match going on, and Jr. is trying to call the damn match, and King just can't stop. At my, this point, now my I'm favorite just... quote of the night comes from Jr. when King is just going nuts. He says, "If I didn't know better." I'd think you're a lesbian trapped in a man's body. Yep, I remember. I am, I am, JR, I am. I did have a note from that match. It also says uh, uh, Bubba has always and will always be plagued by the chant of tables. And yeah. I, it didn't hit me until now. And I said, oh, my God, if I'm in a match where I can't have tables and they chant tables, if I don't give them tables, they're going to be mad. And I have to come up with a way to take that away and not have them mad at me, but deflect it towards my opponent. Um, and he did. They did a good job of him doing the thing where he said, blah, 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 get the table. And then immediately Stephen Richards cuts him off and takes him down. And I was like, you gave them what they wanted, but then you took it away. And it was like, that's that's what the fans wanted to do, right? They want to chant, get the tables. If you get tables, awesome. But you want to do sing-along and you want to say the quote that you see on TV every week. So I thought that yes. was a great way to give the fans what they wanted. But unfortunately, no tables. But they did get an awesome, awesome Bubba Bomb. Also, Bubba Ray Dudley, um, Bully Ray. I gave him the nod to be active because he's kind yes. of active still. So he, still kind he, of he, active. Get, he gets the nod that he wrestles every now and then. I wrote down here on my notes, BBR question mark. I was going to ask you, does he still count as active? But I, I agree. I would give it to him as well. He does still wrestle occasionally. So Bubba <clears throat> yep. Ray is on the list of active people that were a part of this episode. So we've got Bubba, Christian, Jericho, and Jim Ross. Yep. 
pretty good list. A pretty good pretty list. Good I, if I was going to like a Legends fan fest and I was going to meet those four people, I would say that's pretty good. That's You'd a pretty be very happy. With Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep, I would too. I would too. And next we get a Divas tag team matchup, which was pretty wild here because, um, again, the week before setting up this match, we had an insane pillow fight um, between Terry and Stacy Keebler. And with again, the, with the King refing. Jesus Christ. They show the clip oh. of the pinfall and I was uncomfortable watching that. Yeah. Like if uh, were you uncomfortable, were you uncomfortable watching the pinfall or King looking at the pinfall? King looking at the pinfall because there's such a drastic pause. I go, no, you can't do that now. You can't. You're you're canceled. You're done. Oh, oh. Like, these poor poor women. Uh, awesome entertainers, but the the things that they fought through, and thank God that almost all of them are Hall of Famers now, and they have this accolade where they're hopefully still getting some money rolling in from residuals. But the stuff that they went through, um, what do we got? I like that they set this up from the previous week's insanity. All the women are getting cheered uh, because we haven't really established a division. The guys in attendance are just like women, yes, awesome. Um, and then King, of course, loses his mind, goes, is this a lesbian action? Is this it, JR? No, it's a tag team match. Shut up. And he takes out his binoculars. Oh, and my God. He has binoculars, guys. The announcers are set farther back, not by the ring. And I remember they tried this for so long, and King gets his binoculars out. Oh, my God. And uh, he's constantly saying, do you see that? Do you see that, JR? Did you see it? And I'm like, shut up, okay? <laughs> and poor, <sighs> he, could not have been, he could not have been a Just, bigger pervert. In oh my god, he is the epitome. He is the epitome of perversion. He really is. Um, Victoria, very excited about. I love that we got a good, like Victoria was in the business 15 years too early. She would be great right now. Yep. Um, I like that she got to team up with Stacy. Stacy showed that she had a little bit of prowess here as far as her wrestling game. I felt bad for her knees because they never let her wear knee pads because she always had to show off the whole however long her legs are. Um, 41 and a half inches long. There you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, <laughs> poor, poor Terry coming out, who was just an interviewer in the back, and now she's in a tag match. Um, and then we get Trish, who really is the most covered up one but the fans are losing their mind over her the most so i I love that we get kind of the two people that are wrestlers and then the two people that aren't wrestlers um let's see poor terry got destroyed that's my note she was taking the heat of the match she was getting beat up for a majority of it and She's just ragdolling out there. Uh, there was a couple pretty impressive spots. I know Stacy hits a big spin kick at one point that I thought was really cool because they're just playing up her legs. Um, but we get Terry off the top rope, cross body on Stacy, one, two, three. Not necessarily the epitome of a great tag match like our opener, but for what we got at the time, that was a decent amount of time and tag wrestling for those women. So yes. I thought that was really cool for that. And we get a very simplistic maneuver off the top rope 
that gets the one, two, three. I also like that. I, I played that into my head, all these different finishes that I saw throughout the night. Um, and that just keeps going forward. There's a lot of things that surprise me and they surprise me in really good ways because we didn't have to do crazy stuff at this point. You win with this and that's all it takes. Terry out there ragdolling and getting thrown around wins with the cross body and avenges the pillow fight. Yeah. Uh, she won the pillow fight match, but she got uh, tarred and feathered afterwards. So I guess she avenges the tarring and feathering done by Stacy Keebler. I'd be pretty mad if I got hit with a clock in the back of the head too. Yes. 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 And thankfully Terry was able to get some sort of extract some sort of revenge and get the win in this tag team match on raw the following week i did give trish the nod as being a active professional wrestler based on what she did in 2023 because she yeah. had a decent oh, amount yeah. of matches uh, i don't think she's, i don't think she's probably get, she might show up in the rumble you never know um but i threw trash stress on there but i don't know the next time that she'll be active she was no, i think that's active. fair i think that's so, fair she's still she's I still agree. quote unquote active in my opinion so yeah but, not the uh, not the other ladies. I did. I didn't. I I, I think Victoria still does quite a few appearances, but I don't think she wrestles. So here we are, nearly twenty two years later, twenty one years later after, and we have five people: Christian, Jr., Jericho, Bubba Ray, and Trish Stratus that are still active, and that's mm -hmm. pretty good names to be to be throwing around out there. Yeah, and I would yeah. say any of the stuff that they did recently where they were active, um, all still pretty good as well. Um, JR, I would say, is okay on commentary, but he's been through a lot at this point in his life. Um, I think we were in the best years of JR at this point right now. Um, yes. And obviously, uh, what he does on AEW now, I know he gets a little bit of slander, but he will always still be Jim Ross and does a great job for what he presents to the product. So, but we do. You know, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we're, we're talking about active wrestlers this next segment can we count another one that's still active today not chris nowinski uh i'm talking about tommy dreamer who yes has made some wrestling appearances yes absolutely uh when we get this little promo in the back between christopher nowinski and william regal i did love how nowinski talks smart then says something stupid about HLA and Regal just lays into him yes. with, with this real strong English accent and the way that he cuts that promo, like only he can there. And I thought, Oh yeah, that's the William Regal that I like. Um, groveling, groveling over lesbians. You need to start yes. acting like you graduated mm -hmm. from Harvard. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no comes out. No looked like he was beat up. He looked like he was limping real hard for some reason. So I have no idea what happened to him, but him just walking to the ring, I was like, I maybe I'm glad you're not wrestling, but he might, he almost gets something worse than wrestling. When Tommy comes out, when Nowinski gets the cheap heat, dreamer comes out, Iowa state shirt gets the cheap pop. Of course, um, blah, blah, blah. Tons of Singapore cane shots. Nowinski runs away. Jake, Tom, JT, Tom, can, yeah. can you answer a question? How bad does a Singapore cane shot feel? Uh, not good. Okay. Also, also depends on who's swinging it. Um, okay. Just like a chop, some people's chops are way worse than others. And sure. you can, a Singapore cane, it does have a decent amount of reverb to it. But anytime I'm watching these shows, if you see somebody get hit two or three times and that thing breaks, 
just know they were swinging it hard. Okay. Because I, I've, I don't, I maybe have only broke one ever, ever, and it takes a couple shots for it to start to get some cracking. And those things are, do not have a lot of flex to them right away. So, you, uh, you took a shot from uh, with a, with a Singapore cane from our current WWE champion, if I'm not mistaken. The tribal chief did hit the me right in the chief. gut. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. 2019 was rough for JT Energy in his WWE appearances. So Tommy oh. Dreamer, if you're uh, still active, still active. Still yes. active. He did lose his current impact or sorry, his TNA digital media championship. Uh, he did just lose that, but he has held that for quite a while and is active. All right. Now we cut to the backstage. Spike Dudley walking through. Also, here's my note on Spike Dudley. Him and Rip Studwell. Very similar with hairstyles. Very yeah. similar. When he was walking through the back, I was like, yeah, I can see them being tag partners. I'd love oh, that. God, that little Rip Studwell and Spike Dudley action. I'd, I'd be down for that. That'd I'd be, be down for that tag team. Combo. Yep. Yeah. Um, of course, the les lesbians get their own dressing room. We finally get the reveal. We've got a brunette. We've got a blonde. Nobody's got names, as far as I remember. Not yet. Um, Not yet. Yeah. Spike does a little spit take here. Um, and now we cut to Triple H versus Spike Dudley. And what an awesome match to have yes. on Monday Night Raw. Yes. We get the we get the world heavyweight champion, the big big dog in the yard at that time, with the littlest dog in the yard at that time. And uh my note here on this, this triple H for me is peak triple H. The the shape he's in, the tan he has, I I could understand oh. how people could justify it a different time period, but to me. When I think back to my most hated version of Triple H, this this is my version of Triple H. So is, would you classify hate. would you classify this Triple H JT Energy as coming back from the quad injury pre evolution Triple H? You think is peak at Triple H? Yeah, I think okay. just the way that he looks, his arrogance that he has. There's no facial hair. He's like to me that sets Triple H really apart. Triple H, when he doesn't have facial hair, just looks like a real kind of jerk. And he shows it off in the way that he acts and works here because um, they really put over the cerebral assassin and him being the world heavyweight champion. Um, but he makes and works with Spike, and they have a absolute hell of a match. Spike hits an off-the-top rope, uh, almost like Rey Mysterio-style whoopee cushion uh, on Triple H. Uh, yep. We get a awesome, what, great near fall. We get a Triple H shoves the ref. Spike hits a low blow. Dudley dog, one, two, foot on the rope. Awesome. I loved it. The game uh, took the easy way out. The game took the easy way out, King. Yep. It, yep. Yep. He saves the match by getting the foot on the rope. But great move by Triple H there to, to, to rob Spike of that upset victory. Yeah. I like... I just like the dynamic. Like if anybody in the professional wrestling business is a smaller guy and you ever, ever, ever have to wrestle a bigger guy or someone who's levels above you, um, perfect match to watch back and forth action, really good near fall triple H 
hits the pedigree and he says, nope, don't even need this. Um, he wins with the sleeper. Simplistic, basic maneuver. I love this. Fight goes out. Guess what? I'm still the world heavyweight champion. Shows that it doesn't matter what move he uses. He can beat anybody at any time with anything. I loved it. Brought it back. Again, simplicity. We get an off the top rope um, crossbody from Terry. Next match, sleeper hold finish. Awesome. Very cool. And the crowd, the crowd didn't poo-poo on it at all. Um, I think the crowd actually appreciated this match uh, more so. I mean, we're talking about simplicity with this episode the whole way through. Simple storytelling. You get a match set up from this happening backstage, and then this happens next, and then this happens. I like when matches end without the wrestler's finisher. And yeah, I, I like when the sleeper, like Triple H said, you know, I'm done. I'm just putting him to sleep. I just can't take this anymore. I'm I'm done with him. I like that. And, and I don't it, think look, I don't think it makes Triple H look any weaker. I just think it's more of a nod to his opponent uh, that he's shown everything at his opponent. Now he's just I'm just going to put you to yeah. sleep. I, I love that. I love he, that as a fan. He picks him up. He puts him in the sleeper, and he doesn't go out like immediately, right? Like no, the ref doesn't no. check him real quick and then calls for the bell. Like he holds it, he grinds it down. They put over that he's really locking in that sleeper. Then they check. Then they call for the bell. Then he drops him. And the sell on that is perfect because once he gets the bell, he just throws him to the side, just takes the flat face down. I'm out. Yep. Tells the story. And, perfect. And anytime someone like Spike Dudley can go in the ring with a Triple H and show that he can go, Triple H made him look like a million bucks and vice versa. Mm -hmm. This was yep. this was a perfect showcase. <clears throat> and I'll throw back to a recent I'll kind of compare it to a recent match on AEW when Adam Copeland took on Griff Garrison last week on collision, mm -hmm. you know, the bigger star putting, not necessarily putting over by giving them the win, but putting them over by making them look like they belong there. That Absolutely. is what I love about pro wrestling. One of my uh, favorite parts about my SCW pro championship reign during all the people that I faced was my match, my triple threat match that I had with Rip Steadwell and James Thomas mm -hmm. at uh, the Bluegrass. And a lot of people would look at that and go, Rip Steadwell, James Thomas, not SCW Pro Championship contenders. But when the SCW Pro Champion interjects himself into their match and says, hey, guys, let's make this for the championship, I think that really set everyone back. Like, what are they going to do? This is going to be very different. Um, and uh, th that was one of my absolute favorite matches of last year with what we put out there for the fans that night. So that's the fun part is you can go out there at any point in any time, have a different story and entertain people in a way that you never thought. That was my nephew's favorite match of last year, by the way. I'm glad you brought that up. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm very proud of that. And I'm very proud of those guys for what we accomplished that night. Um, I already talked about very ECW heavy show, all the different finishes that we've got. No Triple H, no Spike Dudley on the active list any longer. Nope. Um, so it looks like here we do get to our main event after this. I think so. No. Uh, no, we have a tag match. Gold dust. We oh. have the tag match. Okay, okay. I must. I got here my favorite version, Jeff Hardy. He's in. He's with Coach in the back. That's right. That's yeah. What he we was. Get. He's with Coach in the okay. back, talking about the previous week, how three minute warning 
screwed him out, screwed him over, and he gets in the face of Eric Bischoff saying, Hey, you want, you know, you try that again, you're going to see yeah. the meaning of extreme and what it means. Um, talk about this. You said this is your favorite version of Jeff Hardy. I know Jeff Hardy's a personal favorite of yours from this time. Talk about, being able to, yeah. talk about being able to see him live uh, uh, at this episode of Raw. Uh, I was, I love, I always love seeing Jeff Hardy, especially this time period of Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, when he comes out under the black lights, he's got the paint. He's starting to do the dancing. He's got that original Hardy Boys theme music. He's, oh, I love it. Um, Jeff, not a great promo guy, but the way he wrestles is how he conveys his emotions. And they reference it here on um, on his promo. This is only a couple weeks after him losing to The Undertaker in their uh, ladder match on Raw. And that's the one that really pushed Jeff up where he is now here in the championship picture uh, during this time period. He was a made man after that match for sure. Absolutely. So obviously seeing Jeff Hardy top notch, I'm sure somewhere on printed out pictures from Walgreens. I have some type of pictures of Jeff Hardy from this night. If I find them, I'll definitely tag you guys at some point. Sure. But, for sure. Uh, I always yeah, try to absolutely. think, I always try to think back cause I got handfuls of pictures that I took with the little disposable cameras. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes you get them back and you realize your thumb was in the picture and it just ruined it and <laughs> destroyed your night. But um, I was very excited. I love Jeff. He's my absolute favorite. And just he's always been one of the biggest underdogs to me and one of the people that I've always watched, not wrestled like, not wrestled like, but always watched and thought about things or watched the way that he conveyed emotions in the matches. Still uh, active. Yes, absolutely. Jeff, Jeff does, active, Jeff does on jump on that. Uh, coach is <laughs> active, just not in professional wrestling. So coach right. does not make the list. Uh, that are my favorite where you get the performer coming up. He's doing something and then you have the pyro all around him in the little box. I love those match graphics. Those are some I do of too. my favorites. I do too. We also get a backstage promo with Booker T and Goldust. Goldust wearing a cane mask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the whole Booker T Goldust dynamic. Uh, if you're gonna have a poll about greatest mixed tags or greatest tag teams that have unconventional partners, these guys have got to be at the top of the list. These guys were magic. Booker oh T and Goldust, they were great. My my fondest memory about these two is when Goldust grabs Booker T around the waist and grabs his hand and they start dancing and he's just going, Booker T and Goldust, Booker T and Goldust. <laughs> and Booker just after like a after like 30 seconds of this, Booker's like, What the hell are you doing, man? I, Those two together were were fantastic. I love just how dumb. Gold Dust is at this time, and that's like just his character, right? He's just the comedic sidekick. But like the fact that they cut to the back and Gold Dust, full on Gold Dust makeup, just wearing a cane mask, talking like he's cane, breaks me instantly. And then I watch Booker. Booker can barely hold it together himself. Like multiple times, tries to look away. Still active. Um, <laughs> yes, um, but Gold Dust. This is peak gold dust for me. To me, 
that when Goldust went into just being able to have fun, still be an awesome, great worker, that that I love. I love his character and what he did there. Um, what do I got here? Oh, before this, we did have a quick snippet in the back. It looks like um, Johnny the Bull, Stan Bowley. Uh, they're giving a little bit of advice to Big Show, yes, uh, yeah. doing his best Robert De Niro impression, from what I can tell. Um, and I thought when I saw him pop up, I was like, wow, Johnny the Bull. Okay, okay. Um, and if you do watch the Sunday Night Heat, we do get Johnny the Bull in action as well. Um, but Big Nasty Bastard Big Show put him in his place. Um, and we do, I Booker T is active enough. He did show up, was it last year in the Royal Rumble? I would still give him the nod as being active. He wrestles every now and then. He's on uh, NXT commentator as well. Yes, yes. Uh, so. Goldust, obviously, Dustin Rhodes, still very active as well. well very yep. active, yep. Um, but the other two men that they are facing, no, no longer active. Uh, one for obvious reasons. The other one, unfortunately, the time caught up with him. Um, did you notice that for this Booker T and Goldust match that when Booker T was coming out, he looked like he was still getting ready. Uh, he was like putting his gloves on he during his entrance. His like, he, like he oiled himself up in the back and then he was putting his gloves on <laughs> during the pyro. And he, yeah, he gets his boot in the ring. I was like, dude, Booker's not ready to go. What is going on? <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Maybe that's just how good they are. They, they can get ready while things are going. Um, Booker T definitely is test a lot of people's underappreciated, underrated favorite from this time period. Hell of a top rope elbow drop. Love the big boot. Hell of a pump handle slam test could have gone over and become champion when he had the feud with triple H. There's a lot of people that could have had, uh, themselves made with a win over triple H at some point in their career. And test was one of them. Always appreciated test a big dude that could work a big dude that can move. And he's on questionably the best pay-per-view card ever assembled, SummerSlam 02. He has a good match with Undertaker on that card. Yeah. yeah. So Tess definitely could work with the best of them. It's too bad that we didn't get more uh, more time with Tess and more more out of him while he was here because, man, I, I love Tess. I loved watching him work. I really did. Yeah. Um, I love that he comes out uh, un-American T-shirt. We get Regal already in an un-American T-shirt. They already look like a tag team. Yep. Yeah. Just – perfect um one of my notes here and we'll never get this back and during this time period it, it stopped at a certain point and you'll always see it when you go back in time when booker t does the scissors kick and the spin rooney so many flash bulbs in the crowd makes it feel so much bigger when all those cameras go off and i was like whoa those are the special moments that you know they were special because you could audibly see the crowd show you it was special because everyone wanted to get a picture of a certain thing or a certain person and it like amplified the moments yep and that just doesn't happen anymore like people can hold phones no. up but you the pictures are a moment in time it shows you people are feverishly picture roll it picture roll it like trying yes. to get that iconic moment um and I thought that was so cool when Booker T hit his uh, scissors kick and spin a Rooney there. Uh, what do I got? DQ finish after the brass knucks and big save for the USA chant. Uh, Power so yeah. of the punch. 
<laughs> yes, another power of the bunch. William Regal <laughs> set himself up for a championship <laughs> match with Triple H with these right hands, no left hand southpaw that he's throwing here. Um, but of course, awesome match uh, between them. Now, now that we get this, we get the big save. USA, boo, un-Americans. It's time. It's, it's time. time. King has finally lost every ounce of anything in his body. Time for, got, King, time for King to climax. King, King should have King. They should have given him two pairs of no. binoculars and put him on the outside. So he had double binoculars or something <laughs> or like a telescope or something because Jesus, here we go, guys. One of the most infamous moments in Monday night raw history in not the best way. HLA happens. And here oh. we go. Eric Bischoff comes out. Okay, bring out the lesbians like it's a circus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the two these two women come out. And I watched I watched a little shoot interview uh with the brunette one because I wanted to know more about this segment. Um, and one of the funny things that I found out was when these two girls got called to do the spot, when they uh, they must have gone into town like the day before the brunette girl got food and she got food poisoning and she was like throwing up all day before oh. this show so she was not feeling good at all in any way shape or form um and then when three minute warning comes out the first she was told she was going to take a super kick up here right on the chin oh she, she right gets she gets destroyed right in the gut and this girl is trying not to throw up all day. And then she gets the wind literally knocked out of her because she takes this huge kick to her gut. Um, and the way that this is so weird to watch this back, the way that Eric Bischoff talks about this and he's like telling them what to do and the crowd's like into it. And again, my eyes, I'm not watching them. I am watching the crowd at this point because I want to know where the awkward moments are happening with all these guys. They're like, some of them are like getting wasted with their best friends. Another <laughs> one are like, okay, <laughs> like let's keep, let's go. What's going on? Um, some of the things that Bischoff says during this, like I have, I have written down, you can't really feel that silky skin with that top on. And I just, I'm like, Oh my God, you cannot say that. Yeah. I'm like, all right, <laughs> get out of here. This is not cool. Um, just a very, very weird thing. And these, uh, in the shoot, uh, little promo that I watched when they showed up, I think they must've like given somebody their measurements and somebody went to the Ames mall or wherever bought them little matching Victoria's secret underwear to wear. So like, that's even the worst part is like, they're out there literally in their underwear. Like a lot of these WWE divas were at the time. And then they have to get beat up all at the same time. Like it's a rough scenario uh, for everyone to be in. I understand what they were trying to do for the ratings pop and then take it all away with three minute warning, but just real weird. Um, but it happened and it'll always be there forever. So it's not going anywhere. <laughs> but it, it so was it was sleazy. It was gross. It was nasty. People loved it because that's what the early 2000s were. Right. Let's uh, let's slide away from the HLA for a minute and talk about three minute warning. <clears throat> now, both of these gentlemen gone before their time. Uh, Jamal uh, also 
Umaga, if you don't know any better. Uh, Rosie, the brother of Roman Reigns. You got to imagine if these two had stuck around, they'd be part of the Bloodline storyline right now, or stuck around. That is poor, poor choice of words. I'm like, you've got to imagine if, these, if they were still with us, yeah, they would be part of the Bloodline storyline right now. Absolutely. Am I wrong? Nope, no, nope, not not at all. Um, and honestly, my little note here uh, with these two, I I liked Three Minute Warning. Uh, they came off as like street thugs, and they were very fashionable. For what was the time with people like Nelly and 50 Cent and DMX, like they really embodied kind of that rap culture and how they like had that swag to them. Rosie yep. had like the jerseys on all the time. Yep. He always wore like the football jerseys and then Jamal always had like the baseball jerseys. So I thought that was really cool um, being into like that stuff at that time. But I think the three minute warning was essentially the early 2000s version of what the Usos are or were uh i can see both of them that are very similar with how they kind of act and walk and talk and that's like a fantasy matchup right there if you could have jamal and rosie versus the usos oh yeah like that'd be yes just how cool how cool and nowadays we got solo rocking and rolling um carrying on the legacy of jamal so super cool Very and much three so. minute sex and violence, three minute warning comes in ruins. King's night. Nobody, nobody's active in that segment. As far as I know, we don't have uh, active lesbians uh, still. So Jenny and Tanya, <laughs> Jenny and Tanya were their names. Jenny and, and Tanya. And while uh, while Jenny and Tanya are getting beat down by three minute warning, I have a quote here from Jr. He's stacking them up like cordwood. <laughs> stacking the lesbians up like cordwood. Uh, the girl, that brunette girl that had the food poisoning, she said that when she got kicked in the gut, it actually knocked the wind out of her. So she was gasping for air. And then that little girl, when she gets thrown into the Simone drop, that was freaking nasty. And then when they stack them and they do the big splash again, um, she got the wind knocked out of her a second time. Oh, off, but cause she, she's not watching. She's the one who's looking down <clears throat> and neither one of those guys were, they were just bringing it. They really were. And they, the, the girl in the interview said like, when they brought us in, like they didn't get like a warm, happy, yay. We're so glad you're here reception. It was like, you two girls are here. You're getting on TV. You're taking away TV time from other people not the most receptive type of thing. So unfortunately that's also the wrestling business and things have evolved to a much better place over the years. And it's really awesome. And I can speak both for WWE and AEW, whenever you go there, you're treated with the utmost respect and things are absolutely amazing. As long as you are a respectful individual back to them. Um, and it's a great place to be. Good, good. Glad, glad to know that, that things have changed in that sort of manner because yeah, you can see you you understand the disdain of them taping away TV time, but they're also kind of the main storyline of the night. It's kind of yeah. a catch twenty two. It really <clears throat> is. Um, that leaves us with the fatal four way match to, be, to crown the can number one contender for Triple H's World Heavyweight Championship. It has the aforementioned Jeff Hardy, 
Chris Jericho, The Big Show, and Mr. PPV RVD. Um, I guess we could say most of these guys are still active with maybe the exception of Big Show. Yeah, Big Show. So he was, was he in the ring at All In? Was he part of like the pre-show something? He was in a street. He was in a street fight in the last couple months. On, okay, uh, like on Big Show's always like a a maybe type thing because whenever okay. I watch him wrestle, like his knees are scaring me to death. They um, were shot. I think if if he's not hanging them up, this 2024 should be the last year unless he somehow can miraculously change something uh, with his lower body. But I suppose you could still say he's active. Um, Obviously, Jericho's active. Jeff's active. RVD still active. Also, with all four of these guys, tell me if you feel a different way. I think all four of these guys, these entrances and these theme songs that they're coming out to at this time are the best. These are their foremost iconic versions of themselves. That's my favorite. Well, it's the big show. Yep. Uh, one of a kind RVD. This is also right yep. when the forcible entry CD was coming out. That's why some of these people were uh, coming out to like these different songs. But I love Jericho's the whole like ball going down yep. the dimensional thing. And then yeah, the big, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yes. So, I would agree with you. All four. These are their four best individual themes. Yep. I love it. So I, agree. I, agree. I like that. Uh, for some reason, uh, RVD coming out promoting lugs. Wearing a lug tank top. Are lugs still around JT Energy? I don't know. I had a pair of lugs. I'm not I'm not ashamed right, to admit I just, it. It was a blast from the past. I'm like, I had not seen the lugs reference in quite yeah. some time. <laughs> yeah. I th I and now for the WWE boot of the week brought to you by lugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was coming out with a capital GTX hoodie on, though. <laughs> uh, what do I got here? I think we get in. I'll say this for most of the matches of the night. I didn't see a whole lot of like most of them were hard hitting, fast paced matches. I did not see a whole lot of like wear down moments where people were like working holds. There was a little bit of back and forth with some chain wrestling. But for the most part, this time period, like it was go. It was go in the ring. Not a lot of like we'll rest during commercial breaks, probably. But when the cameras are on, it's action. It's awesome yep. live action. Um, one of the things I have here is I think Jeff and RVD, uh, I have why turn on RVD when you're working together in an elimination style match. Uh, I thought to myself, I'm like, why would you turn on someone? It's elimination. Like everybody team up, get big show out. He's obviously yeah. the biggest man. Yep. There's nothing in this. And we also get like a DQ finish from big show and i'm like a fatal four-way and dqs are like active does that mean like count outs are active like it's so weird the way that they that's structured a, that to get big that's show the first out. thing i have in my notes too is you know i'm i'm a sucker for an elimination match but a dq in a fatal four-way yeah like uh, i would i would have loved to have seen some miscommunication by Jericho. He hits him with something on accident. Then we get a big five-star frog splash. And we also get a swanton bomb double cover by Jeff and RVD. One, two, three. Wow. Holy cow. That was so awesome. But we just get this weird DQ thing with the chair. And then Big Show goes to the back. And I'm like, 
okay, I get it. I at least like that after he got DQ'd, he like laid everybody out. But I also I also wanted him to choke slam the referee because that's the guy he should be the most mad at. And then like, yeah, who cares? Like send another ref out, like show him that he's real nasty and no, no one's off limits to the big show. If you're going to make him mad, um, Jeff does his love run the guardrail spot. I love that he, whenever he would do that, I always thought that was real fun. Um, no surprise, Jeff gives a amazing spike DDT to RVD. RVD is one of the best to take DDTs, just like Rhea is nowadays. Anytime they take a DDT, they are straight up and down. It's always uh, so much more impactful when someone can really spike out a DDT. It just makes them look like they died. Um what else do you got on this match? What other notes you got? I got I, I I put I could watch Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam work all day. I yes. really loved when these two guys got together. I think Rob Van Dam is probably the most underappreciated in this match. Um, you hear Rob Van Dam, you think five star frog splash, but like you said, he really could sell uh, on the DDT. And I, I I mean I know he went on to become a world or a WWE champion, but I think he's just the most underrated. Uh, Jeff Hardy gets his accolades. Don't get me wrong. He's he's special too, and Chris Jericho is still going. But Rob Van Dam, to me, I, I could watch Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy go all day. I could watch Rob Van Dam and Chris Jericho go all day, but the the, the pairing of Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy, I just I, I love that match. I could, I could watch a best-of-seven series of those two guys. Yep, absolutely. Um, I would have, that's a great idea. If we could have got a best of seven and it's just like spin the wheel for the stipulation of the week, yes. like they yeah. could have done everything. Um, yeah. So at the very end here, we get big shows DQ'd, then Jeff gets pinned and we got Jericho and RVD, uh, triple H walks out sauntering out with his championship. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this. So when Triple H walks out, they get like a close up on RVD, right? Yep. And yep. My note here is tri RVD says, "You trying to look at Triple H, boy?" Yes. And he points at himself, <laughs> and I'm like, "No, you're RVD. What's going?" And then he, and then it pulls back just a second before they cut. Look at Triple H, boy. Fuck you. And I'm like. <laughs> Oh my God. And I was just like, Jesus. But like, that's just RVD being RVD in the moment. It's they're bad right? for, I'm sure when he went to the back, they were like, God damn it, Rob. Like, but he was just being RVD. But of course he calls himself triple H and then drops a huge F bomb right at the end of raw. He was caught up in the moment. He really was. <laughs> he yeah, was. That's, so, but we get RVD with a huge five-star uh, frog splash after Jericho eats an exposed buckle um and i always love a good exposed buckle it's not necessarily something that you can see on the independent circuit um or hardly ever see in general but a good exposed buckle is always like a good oh that's got to be used they exposed it yep um so i thought that was cool uh, and that is my final note for monday night raw hla as far as our regular show that we watched <laughs> what a what a unique show, I guess, is the best way to put it. I mean, so many things here that between really good matches and really cringy segments. <laughs> well, there's, there's so the best word. 
That's There's a great so way to put more it. More than just the hot lesbian action. I mean, take the HLA out of it, and it's an action-packed hour, thirty minutes of wrestling. Yeah, um, right. that delivers. The HLA is just the comedic relief with King and Jr. involved. The way I go back and look at this, so I mean, I know HLA will grab the headlines, but if you really want to watch a really good episode of wrestling uh, from this time period, 2002, and you can stomach all the HLA jokes. And, yeah, and it, King it's, Waller. it's a really good show. Yeah. It features a lot of good people, a lot of active people. The active list ended up with Christian, JR, Jericho, Bubba Ray Dudley, Trish Stratus, Tommy Dreamer, Jeff Hardy, Booker T, Goldust, RVD, and Big Show. I mean, 21 years ago, and those people are still active and still performing yeah. for us. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. awesome to think that we're st- still so lucky that a lot of those people are giving back to the professional wrestling business still. Um, and it's also like those are a lot of the people that you can still kind of sometimes get out there, meet, get pictures with, autographs, still lucky enough to do all kinds of stuff with. Um, yep. And I know a lot of people, when you grow up to be a professional wrestling fan, you live through so many different decades with so many different performers. And unfortunately, you watch episodes like this and you have some people that have passed away, some people that uh, their health gave out, like all kinds of different things. But when you look back at it and see how many people are still giving back, you still feel so lucky. And just like with what SCW had with their 20th anniversary show, they had so many people that were still awesome that could still come back and give back to that show and create moments many years after uh, they've stepped away from the squared circle or the limelight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I love, I love, my brain just derailed. I apologize. (laughs) <laughs> too much hla hla too much. It'll, it'll get you every time uh yeah i do have some notes here i looked up the match results from the night um to see what we what we had here segment by segment um dark matches the only dark match that was not on sunday night heat which was not televised from what i can tell we had mark jendrak defeat wow. doug doug the machine basham so we had mark jendrak versus doug basham and when I read Mark Jindrak, I was like, that does make sense. I feel like I do remember him coming out with some like red patent um, trunks um, mm-hmm. because Jindrak and O'Hare were also a couple of my favorites from the dying days of WCW. And I love to see them in WWE. Um, when we had our Sunday night heat, there was four matches on Sunday night heat. Okay. We had uh, a very young Shelton Benjamin versus just incredible. Um, and Shelton yes. Benjamin comes out, he's in like blue and black, like just he looks straight out of OVW. Shelton Benjamin, okay, uh, he hits like a w- weird, wild suplex, not his standard T bone suplex, but he hits a really cool suplex for the win. Uh, him and Just Incredible going back and forth, and this is X Factor version of Just Incredible. From I got I everything I ever wanted, yeah. and I'll never get that back. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked seeing that um, Sunday night. He opened with a WWE Divas Championship match, Molly Holly against Jacqueline. Um, I thought that was real cool. Um, Molly Holly, very underrated. And if you want to see a good women's wrestling match, Molly Holly against Jacqueline here, very, uh, very underrated performers. Again, could have been 15 years later and they would have knocked out of the park. Our commentary team was actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the coach and D'Lo Brown on commentary. Um, And then guess what? 
the last match of the night, uh, D'Lo comes off of commentary and has a match, um, and it is D'Lo against Sean Stasiak. That's our final match of the night. Um, Sean Stasiak here in his stuck on the planet Stasiak gimmick. Not great for him, unfortunately. Uh, he had a great look, but like, yeah, he did. If you're gonna be a weird guy, you gotta push it to the moon to make it work. Coming from a weird guy who pushes it to the moon. I was just gonna um, say, take it from someone who knows. Yeah, right? but we also uh, had Raven against Johnny the Bull Stamboli, and. He's not called the bull. He's just Johnny Stamboli, I assume, because the rock is the Brahma bull at this time. But yeah. there was a lot of story in the little segments here and there on Sunday Night Heat. So we had like our women's match. Um, they talked about how Raven said he was going to pay Johnny the bull to attack, I think, D'Lo, maybe. Um, and then Raven didn't pay Johnny. So now he said, how about me and you have a match tonight then? And Raven and him had a killer match. Um, and all the matches I, on Heat, much longer than expected as well. Not short squash matches in any way, shape, or form. Raven Raven did. I did watch this uh, yesterday. Raven did say he paid Johnny Stromboli. He paid him in experience. Oh, yeah. Now that you say that. Opportunity. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> what? If you're an independent professional wrestler, those are things you do not want to hear. I don't want to be paid in experience <laughs> or opportunity. It's great, but money's awesome. Um, so it was a pretty cool episode of Sunday Night Heat with some very straightforward matches um, between all these. You can tell, like, the the Shelton Benjamin match. You can tell Justin's out there having a great match with him and they're just really getting Shelton Benjamin riled up to get to be a main roster player here in yeah. a year or two or whatever it is. But D'Lo hits the big uh, sky high for the win at the end of it. And he's wearing a WWE patriotic uh, t-shirt that he's cut up. And that's when I heard him reference the anniversary of 9-11 and showing off his patriotism but i thought it was cool that d-lo was like doing commentary all night long and then he gets up from commentary and he's like i'm gonna have a match now player like, <laughs> okay cool very cool so it's a very fun reminiscing night um i wish i i wish i had things like social media for this event because i would love to see the videos the pictures the posts what did i buy what did what was I talking about? Like all these different things, because it's these things when you revisit, they're just so cool. I just absolutely love revisiting wrestling, especially wrestling that you experienced live because it's just, you forget so much of it. And I, if you can use what I use social media for is one thing and that's memories. And that's making sure that I put things there that hopefully 50 years from now, I look back and I go, that was really cool. I'm really glad I remember that. We're glad to have you on here tonight uh, talking HLA. Glad that you were in attendance and can bring back your memories from that night. Um, we're going to wrap things up here, JT, but talk about where we can find you in the coming weeks. Of course, a big match coming up this week at uh, SCW Prestige Rumble, but uh, go ahead and let the fans out there know where they can find you. Absolutely. If you are not familiar with me, uh, you can find me on just about every form of social media. Check out my little handle if you're watching YouTube. Oh, oh, yeah, right there, right there. 
Um, Brother. At, at DJ Click and Play. Uh, find me everywhere. Uh, if you want to support, go over to Pro Wrestling Tees. Purchase. Otherwise, if you follow me on any other form of anything, um, leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. Because every time you interact with your favorite professional wrestler in, in some way, shape, or form, it does help them. It gets more people looking at that person. Um, so if you can find me on any of that stuff, it's always appreciated and supported. Please come out to the SCW Pro Prestige Rumble this upcoming Saturday and watch me do something to the devil dog that I don't know has ever been done. And that is make that little puppy shut up and say <laughs> oh, whimper and give up because that's what's going to happen. I'm going to break the devil dog. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, that's probably going to wrap up my month of January. I'm going to win that SCW Pro Championship. I'm going to take a full week off, kick back, relax, and then get ready for the month of February. And hopefully the snow, this cold winter weather goes away. But if you're ever needing a little pick-me-up and you need to uh, get some blood pumping, just watch Jerry the King Lawler talk about HLA. It'll help. <laughs> and it'll put a smile on your face. Oh, maybe. I it hope will. so. <laughs> uh, if unless you want to cancel it but we had a lot of fun jt you are always like nick said off the top of the show one of our favorite guests here so next time uh looking forward to the next time you come on this because this episode was a blast uh you talked about how you're closing out january i do want to plug your t-shirts over a pro wrestling tees one more time thank uh, you because the reason I'm doing that is I made a promise on social media a few, about a month ago to you. You were giving us crap about not having any JT Energy shirts. I said that by the next time I was at an SCW Pro show, I would own an SCW uh, or a JT Energy shirt. Has not happened yet because things got crazy. But I am going to be purchasing... Okay. Your new shirt. Okay. And I am, and I am too. And I am too. All right. A couple of shills here. I appreciate it. I will (laughs) officially own it. It may not be in my possession though, by the time I see you on Saturday. Also Uh, (laughs) make sure that no one purchases anything from Jared thumb. He put out a new design, great design. Just don't support him though. That man, (laughs) he's got a child on the way and he needs to figure out life the hard way. (laughs) <laughs> oh but you talked about how you're wrapping up january i'm going to talk about how we're wrapping up ours uh jt actually you know who's our next guests are because you've been a part of absolute pro wrestling next week we welcome jason prentice brandon eubanks the owners of absolute pro onto the show we're going to get a unique owner's perspective from a different uh different organization here in iowa i'm looking forward to that and of course, in 13 days from this recording, our big 100th episode, Royal Rumble Watch Party. If you're not there, then you're probably book- booked elsewhere, as most wrestlers are. But we want all of you to be there. We want all of you to show up, come out, help us celebrate our 100th episode. We'll be broadcasting live two times from Kavanaugh's in Rock Island, uh, once before the Rumble. And once immediately after, and we're going to have a lot of fun, uh, that closes out our January, and then February is looking just as awesome. But we'll talk about that another time. Uh, For my tag team partner, never wrong, Nick Bull, 
for JT Energy, our good friend of the podcast. I am the Wizard CZ. You've been listening to Card Subject Change, powered by Lopez, built by Durham Remodeling. We will see you next week right back here on Card Subject to Change.